All right, I, I, I've been enjoying this series and I've been getting a lot of good feedback from you all. I hope it's been helpful as you understand the call of God on your life to hear His voice and to follow Him. And we're going to get into a series um, in a couple of months. I, was, I felt impressed of the Lord. You know, we've been focusing a lot in this series on intimacy with God and on hearing His voice and getting direction personally for our lives. And there's nothing the matter with that. We, Lord knows we need it. But how many of you know one of the purposes of God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit is so we can be agents of blessing and restoration and healing for other people and it really gets to be fun when you learn how to listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit as it relates to praying and ministering to other people that's when it really gets to be exciting watching the Lord set somebody else free just through our, our obedience and our following the Lord so let me by way of review I, I mentioned what is the most important most clear most accurate way of discerning and hearing the voice of God the Word of God, the Scriptures, the written Word. Amen. So let's be people of the book. But I shared with you a powerful word of caution. I said you cannot understand the book properly if you don't have a relationship with the book's author. And the book's author is the Holy Spirit, the forgotten member of the Trinity. How is it that we leave him out? We put him in the side room. He's like our strange uncle. We don't want to bring him out at family events or things like that because he might embarrass us. No, that's not the case. Come on. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit should never be separated from the Scriptures. Amen? Because when you take the Spirit away from the Word of God, you can become a religious smarty pants. What do I mean by that? Some people have mistakenly assumed that the more Bible studies they consume, the more spiritually mature they will become. But the study of the Bible and the memorization of facts and Bible knowledge and proper doctrine, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, will simply turn you into a Pharisee. Because God's not impressed with knowledge. Because He's God. He's, he is all-knowing. So you're not going to impress Him with that. I'll tell you what He is impressed with. Humility brokenness, obedience, hunger, sensitivity to His voice. That's what really God really likes. And the Holy Spirit helps us to understand the heart of God. And when we come to the Lord and we have to relate to the Bible through a relationship, I mean, you know, we cannot hide behind our knowledge any longer. We have to actually have a person. Now, I'm not picking on any of you here because I was not looking at anybody. Nobody's going to take an offense say, we promise, Pastor. But I have found people that were sometimes relationally challenged. What they do when they come to church is they open their Bibles and they do this. Now, service hasn't even started yet. How many of you know when you come to church to be with people, that's not the time to have your personal Bible study? It's the time to go engage with people. Your brothers, your sisters, people that you love. But listen to me. Some people are more comfortable with ideas than they are with people. Now, I shared with you, this is a love letter that leads us to a real person. And how silly it is if we put the Bible in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Bible, and we worship the Bible, but we don't realize that the Bible is to point us to love all the people in the Trinity more. Inflame our heart and our passion for God. To inflame our passion for Jesus who gave his life for us. To, to make our, our love for the Holy Spirit get more intense. In other words, this is to lead me 
This is my, I'm going back to the love letter illustration. This is to lead me, if those are love letters, to my wife, who is the embodiment of everything expressed in the book. In other words, if I never get to the smooch, and I just want to tell you, there are lots of Christians who never get to the smooch. Because they're still reading the love letters and they don't realize the person who wrote them is waiting for the smooch. You're saying, Pastor, all right, help me out. I'm not really good at symbolism. Let me help you out. Worship is the smooch. This is why the Lord says, these people, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are miles away. That's what worship looks like when your heart is not engaged in the smooch. Some of you are going, I knew this was a cult. No, it's not a cult. <laughs> I'm trying to make it simple for you. Pastor, are you saying that we actually kiss God? No, God doesn't have lips. He's a spirit, all right? Just to settle you all down. But I am saying this. What good is empty, dry, heartless religion when everything we're singing, how can you sing about the goodness of God and not have your heart engaged? How can you, how can you sing about half of what we sung about? How can you, how can you sing about a hundred million angels falling on their faces, worshiping holy, 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 and not have something go off inside of you about the holiness of God in that awesome moment and what it's going to be like? In other words, when I, when I read the letter, I start looking for the person. Where is she, all right? And somebody bless me. I so appreciate when you guys are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. My man, Joseph Bike. My way to go, Joseph. Weekend <laughs> forecast. 100% chance of fox hunting, all right? Come on, now, some of you are going, what is pastor talking about? You need to listen to the message from a couple Sundays ago. But that was my fox, and I was the fox hunter, all right? You know what I'm talking about. So here's the deal. When we come to church on Sunday, listen, this is important. You and I should be in pursuit of Jesus. I mean, we're pursuing him. And can I just warn you with one other thing? You should never be satisfied with knowledge apart from experience. If I'm reading my love letters from my wife, and oh, I can't, this is amazing, her affection for me, and I've never kissed her, something's missing from the equation. Because the love letter should make me in pursuit of the one who's wooing me with her affection. When we come to church, we should be in hot pursuit of Jesus. Hearing his voice, letting him know from the bottom of our hearts how much we love him, surrendering our lives to him. How many of you know worship is an active thing? It's not passive, and listen, it's not just singing good theology on a page. Because good theology on a page, listen, will not transform your heart. It might fill your head with knowledge, but it will not transform your heart. But check this out. Good theology sung from a passionate heart. Boom! Well, now we got stuff going on. Now we got stuff going on. And so I want to encourage you. Let's make sure we keep those points in line. Last week, we talked about three Ds, all right? We talked about open doors. Anybody ever pray for open doors in your life, closed doors? I do all the time. How about desires? I shared with you last week, if you're not saved, don't follow the desires of your heart. It will lead you straight to hell, all right? 
But if you are born again and you have a new heart, guess what? Your heart is meant to beat with the heartbeat of heaven. And your passions are keys to what it is that God's called you to do with your life. Your, your desires will lead you to your destiny if you pay attention. What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? And then last week, too, we talked about dreams and how important dreams are. Now, let me just say this. There are people that have been coming to Living Stones who have been at churches all your life that have denied the supernatural and denied that God speaks in any other way. And here's what disturbs me. One-fifth of the five-fold ministry gifts or orientations, one-fifth is prophetic, and prophetic people are very intuitive, and prophetic people many times are dreamers. And if you're at a church that denies all that, you've been a frustrated believer for many, 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 many years. I'm just telling you, welcome home. You're, you're going to be stepping into the fullness of what God called you to be. Some of you know Bonnie Weissach. How many of you know sweet little Bonnie, all right? Maybe not all of you. She's front row right there, first service, been there for 20 years, all right? When Bonnie came here, she was bound by fear. I mean, just tormented by fear. And God has been setting her free. But here's what I know about Bonnie. Bonnie gets dreams all the time, and she writes them down. She's what the Bible would call a seer. She sees things. I mean, you know, some people hear things, some people see things, some people feel things, some people read things. I mean, God speaks to us in all different ways. Here's what I want to encourage you not to do. Don't take how you relate to God and apply it to everybody else and disqualify everybody who's not exactly like you. In other words, my wife is very prophetic. I am not wired prophetically as much as she is. If she's experiencing something from the Lord, I don't look at her like this and go, man, I just don't get that. You know, I don't think that's God. I just made myself God, and I'm judging her on the basis of my experience or, listen, lack of experience. Now, I'm just telling you, Christians do this all the time. I'm just not sure if those gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. Why? Are they in your Bible? Well, yeah. I just don't think they're for today. What you're really saying is this. I've never personally experienced that in my life. Therefore, I don't think they're for today. Well, you're not God. And so why don't you be open to letting the Lord use other people who are different from you? And why don't you be open to let the Lord expand your repertoire so you're not so narrow? You could be more well-rounded. I know I'm pushing some buttons this morning, but these are good buttons. Because some of you need to say, hey, I, I have not come to the end of all the revelation of the experience of Jesus, me personally. Why don't you be open to experiencing more of God? All right, move on, Pastor. They're hitting. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about three Ps today. Talked about three Ds last week. Promptings, people, and pain. And I want to highlight something. If you notice, there's an order there. Promptings, people, pain. It moves in both intensity uh, and uh, volume, all right? We're starting off with promptings. Pastor, what is a prompting? I like to call it a Holy Spirit nudge. Have any of you guys ever been nudged by your wife during a church service? Usually it's not, hey, are you listening? Usually it's not like that. Normally it's just a nudge. And how many of you guys know you need to be sensitive to those nudges? All right, all of you show up at marriage class, 4 o'clock, all right? (laughs) Sensitive to the nudges, all right? Or it's, listen, a gentle impression. Let me me show you how the Lord doesn't work. The Lord taught this to Elisha, 1 Kings chapter 19. You're familiar with this passage. 
the Lord said to Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. What an awesome sight. Check this out. A mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast, rocks were torn loose. I mean, this is an incredible demonstration of power. But look what it says, the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Again, massive shaking. You can imagine rocks and everything falling to the ground. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Verse 12, after the earthquake, there was fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Three powerful demonstrations of, 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 of God's you know, strength, all right, His greatness. Boom! But look what it says. After the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper, and the Lord was in the sound of the gentle whisper. How many of you know God could hit us over the head with a two-by-four, but He'd rather not? He'd rather that we learn to hear His still, small voice. How many of you know in this world in which we live, there's madness all around us, noise all around us, activity all around us, and if you're going to be an effect, effective believer in your walk with God and in your ministry, you have to learn how to hear the Lord out of all the chaos that's around us. He speaks in a still, small voice. The Bible says this in John chapter 10, the great passage about Jesus being the shepherd of the sheep. It says, the gatekeeper opens the door for him, Jesus. And listen to this, the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. That's the intimate nature of this. He doesn't relate to us on the basis of the flock or the herd. He calls us by name. Aren't you grateful for that? And he leads us out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. I just want to encourage all of us. We are not old covenant believers. We are new covenant believers. Amen? Old covenant, the Holy Spirit came and anointed prophets and priests and kings and generally leaders to accomplish the will of God uh, for Israel, all right? But how many of you know we're living in the day of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2? Uh, we're living in post-Pentecost. We're living in the time when the Holy Spirit lives within us. And I just want to say this, how do you know for sure, what assurance do you have that you are a son or daughter of God? Can I tell you? You know His voice. His sheep hear His voice. Now again, what voice is He talking about? Well, certainly God has spoken, but how many of you know He's still speaking? Never in contradiction to what He has already said, but He's still speaking. And what I want to put in your heart is the desire to hear the personal, intimate, precious, powerful voice of God spoken to you by the Holy Spirit. That's part of our inheritance the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. Now, I need to give some credit this morning. How many of you know the Crown Point girls basketball team won state last night? Way to go, Crown Point girls. Come on. But this is what I have noticed, all right? I have, I've had children that competed in athletic competitions. The stands could be full of people, or maybe it's outside during a football competition. And I, and I will ask my kids after the game, I'll ask them this question, did you hear me? Did you hear my voice? Did you hear me yelling for you? And invariably, they say, sometimes to an embarrassment because I can you know, get excited for my kids. But here's the point. Thousands of voices cheering, and your son or daughter can pick up your voice. Now, sometimes I call my kids by their nicknames that nobody else knows. So they hear that nickname. 
They know dad's in the stands. Why am I yelling like that? I just want my kids to know I'm there. I want them to know I'm cheering for them. I want them to know I got their back. I want them to know I'm proud of them. I want them to know they can do it. How many of you know, why does God speak to you? Same reasons? Same reasons? How important is it to have your mother or father's voice screaming you on, cheering you on to victory, or people in your life that love you and cheer you on? I think it's really important. How much more spiritually do you need the voice of the Holy Spirit coaching you, cheering you on, leading you? So let me move on here. What is it? How do we know uh, that the Holy Spirit is prompting us as opposed to other voices? That's a legitimate question, right? How, how do we know it's the Lord speaking to us? Let's hit some, some principles here, all right? First principle. How many of you know the Holy Spirit never contradicts his, his best-selling book? So if the Holy Spirit's telling you, go back and give your wife a piece of your mind because she deserves it. That's not the Holy Spirit. Or you're at that four-way stop and somebody pulls out ahead of you and you definitely beat them to the four-way stop and you want to give them a number one sign. (laughs) Not the Holy Spirit. He's not behind that. Or you're just in love. He's so cute, but he's a pagan and you want to go, you know, date him because you're going to do missionary dating and convert him, right? No, 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 because the Bible is very clear. The Holy Spirit said, nah, 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 we don't do it that way. Everybody know what I'm talking about. So the Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that the book tells you not to do, all right, or vice versa. How many of you know the Holy Spirit's voice is never condemning? If you're hearing voices that go, oh, you're so stupid, I can't, you're such a loser, I can't believe you tripped and fell and you're sinning again, what a loser, loser, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't beat you up and condemn you, the Holy Spirit tries to lift you up and clean you up. I mean, you know, it's hard to clean people up if you're beating them up. Can I just share something else? Even Jesus, when, he, when the woman's caught red-handed, right, in adultery, and all of her accusers are there to stone her, and Jesus, you know, does his magic uh, and basically says, hey, where's your accusers? They're gone. What does he say? He says, hey, now get up and quit sinning. In other words, he didn't, he didn't compromise the truth, but he didn't condemn her either. He loved her. He loved her, and he ministered to her. Can I just tell you, the voice of the Holy Spirit will minister life to people. We had somebody stand up one time in one of our gatherings and gave a prophetic word, and they said, I saw a giant toilet bowl, and God wants to flush us all down the toilet. I don't think so. I mean, it's kind of hard to recover the service after a moment like that, all right? (laughs) The Lord's not trying to flush us down the toilet. That's not the Holy Spirit. But here's my point. Don't flush the Holy Spirit down the toilet because somebody misused or abused one of his gifts. The goal isn't to throw the baby out with the bathwater. The goal is to move into maturity, amen, and grow up. Let me get real practical here. How many of you have ever had your eyes drawn to a person or situation in a way that you sensed the Lord was wanting to do something in that person's life? When you come to church on Sunday, you should be looking around to be a blessing to people. That's why even when we do that time when we greet one another, how many of you know there might be somebody sitting within arm's length of you that wants to quit on everything? They've had it up to here. They're done. And if you have sensitivity to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to look at a person's countenance even and go, you know what, that person might be really struggling. So I go up to them and I say, hey, how, how you doing? Good to see you. Is everything all right? And before you know, poof, you know what, you might have been the major difference in that person's whole life. 
All because you listen, listen to the simple nudge of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes the Lord highlights people. How about this one? Have you ever had this happen? Sometimes a person or a situation will just pop into your mind out of nowhere seemingly. The Holy Spirit might put a name of person or a face of a person. You're driving down the road. You're going to the grocery store, and all of a sudden, Mike's name pops into my mind. Now, why was my consciousness just invaded with Mikey, all right? Here's the point. It's not my job to figure that out. My job is simply to say, wow, that was different. I'm going to pick up the phone and call Mike and just see how he's doing. Now, how many of you have ever had this happen? And how many of you have had it happen where the person that you called says something like this? I can't believe you just called me. Now, when you hear, I can't believe you just called me, you are experiencing a supernatural God moment. And how many of you know your life gets to be really exciting when you're part of the answers and you're not just showing up at church listening? When you're actually part of working with God. I've seen my dad. He'd be watching the Bears game on Sunday afternoon, yelling at the Bears. I can't believe how stupid you guys are. Any of you ever yell at the Chicago Bears? And I see him, after yelling at the Bears, he'll just hop up and then he'd be gone. And I'm like, where'd dad go? I'll tell you, all of a sudden somebody popped into his mind. Jim Valentine. And he picked up the phone, and he went, next thing I know, he's in the other room talking to Jim Valentine, and guess what? It was just the right moment, and it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking in the middle of a Bears game. Now, let me tell you how you know that's the Holy Spirit, because here's how the Holy Spirit speaks. These are small, interrupting thoughts to get our attention. Why would I be thinking about Jim Valentine while I'm watching the Bears? Hmm. Look at the next thing. The Holy Spirit's nudge is always unexpected and usually out of context. In other words, you're minding your own business. I've been out working outside, planting flowers, and somebody pops into my mind out of nowhere. You're not even thinking about it. Let me ask you this question. Why does that happen, and who's behind it? Why don't we believe it for full, the Holy Spirit, that God's trying to speak to us about situations in people's lives that we can be a blessing and we can be part of the solution? But notice it's sudden. It's like that came out of nowhere and unexpected. It's not like I was thinking about Mike or we had just had a discussion. He wasn't even in my mind. How many of you know, I'm going to double dog dare you to do something. This week, this week, Would you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? And if somebody pops into your mind out of nowhere, will you pick up the phone and call them? And and here's the worst case scenario. Mike, how you doing? Man, the Lord just laid you on my mind. I felt led to call you. How you doing? Is everything okay? He might say, everything's great. I'll say, well, awesome. Isn't it cool that out of all the people in the world, God put you on my heart, and I'm just calling you to let you know I love you and the Lord loves you. Have a great day. Love you too, Pastor. Thank you, Mikey. He's a good man. So here's the deal. How weird is that? I wish you would all call me this week and say, Pastor, just had you on my mind. Holy Spirit's thinking about you like a thousand times over. Uh, Just be encouraged. Um, Oh, I'd be going, why are all these people calling me up and encouraging me? This is so terrible. No, I would not be saying that, and neither would you. Many times, though, here's what happens. I cannot believe you called. Tears, whatever. This is what's going on. Would you pray for me? I just got this amazing financial burden that was placed on us. I don't know what we're going to do. And then you begin to move into Jesus mode. 
gets to be really, really fun. How about this? Sometimes the prompt is informational. In other words, it comes from a sudden insight about the person that you're seeking to help. Now, I was talking to a dear sister this last week. She said, Pastor Ron, Pastor Ron, I was praying for somebody, and while I was praying for them, I felt like I was getting a download. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come up again, praying for Mike. I don't know, I haven't met Mike maybe, but I'm praying for him at the altar, and while I'm, while I'm praying, all of a sudden I start getting some information about Mike that's leading me as I'm praying. And this dear sister said, is that the Holy Spirit? Let me help you out. Who else would be giving you information about somebody that you're praying for to bless in Jesus' name and to see set free? Was that the devil? Yeah, the devil loves to set people free of brokenness and pain. The devil loves to reveal Jesus to people. Hello? Why can't we believe that the Holy Spirit would help us minister to people? I w when I was in graduate school, I was, I was leading a Bible study at a university out in, in Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, it happened to be full of just a bunch of, at this point, like six or eight uh, ladies. So it was kind of an awkward time for me because I'm coming. Was, this was one of those uh, AG Bible studies on campus that they asked me if I would fill in. I said, sure. So anyway, a little bit awkward. And here I am, Bible study. We get to the end, and it's prayer time. And one gal raised her hand. She said, I have an unspoken prayer request. I said, okay. So we got gathered around, and we're, we just laid our hands on her shoulder. We started praying for her. And I, I asked the Holy Spirit quietly under my breath. I said, Lord, is there anything I need to, to know or anything I need to pray for? Instantly, the number four popped into my mind. I thought, that's weird. How many of you know when you start questioning, when you just ask the Lord a question and he gives you an answer, and then you don't like the answer and you start questioning, you're, you're missing God. So this is what I said to the Lord. I said, Lord, the number four? I mean, that's kind of weird, number four. And this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say to me. Just go ahead and pray one of your religious prayers and watch nothing happen. Or you can listen to me. I said, okay. I think I'm going to try you out on this one. And then you know what you do because you're trying to save face, right, and save your reputation because you don't want people to think that you're weird because you just said number four. You all know what I'm talking about. So this is what I said to her. You know, I know this is weird, and this probably doesn't mean anything to you. But you know what? I just asked the Lord, and the number four popped into my mind. Before I could even ap apologize and repent for being stupid anymore, this is what she said. Four, four, four. That's my number. Oh, my gosh, four. And she starts weeping. I'm s sitting there going like, whoa. It's like we just hit a cork. And this is what she said. When I was four years old, I was sexually abused. And she starts bawling. Now, how many of you know at that moment, the Holy Spirit shifted everything in the whole room? Now, I could have said, Lord, bless this gal. I don't know what her unspoken request is, but bless her little unspoken request. But here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He didn't uncover her, her situation. He just gave me one number. And then she had a chance. What does she want to do with that? But I, here's what I want you to see. This is how the Holy Spirit is so precious. The Holy Spirit is gently nudging her because he's saying, you have carried this around all your life. And this man who doesn't know you just shared a number that is your number. And you've, that number has been a number of pain and infamy. And now listen to this. Jesus wants to redeem the number. 
I kid you not, we prayed over her. She wept. She got rocked. Because how many of you know when God reads your mail from a total stranger, you know God is there. And she poured it all out. I kid you not, when she came back the next week, her entire countenance was changed. You could see the difference on her face. All because somebody was willing to risk their reputation of being cool and smart and Pharisee-like, having all the answers, instead of just moving with the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you something? Ministry is really fun when the Holy Spirit's involved. Ministry stinks when the Holy Spirit's not involved. Because it's religious people trying to accomplish supernatural things in their own power. And religion stinks. It kills people. But the Spirit gives life to people. And you have to develop an ear to hear the Holy Spirit. All right. We're going to get into a series this summer I'm really excited about. Because it's, it's going to be about how we can be special delivery agents. Delivering heaven's goods to people who are in need. All right? And it's going to be awesome. Henry, trust me on this. It's going to be awesome. I'm telling you. All right, I'm, some of you are going, oh, no, pastor's calling names out now. All right, I'll try to be good. <laughs> Let me wrap up this message in the remaining few minutes that we have. All right? So how many of you know promptings? Can you all be sensitive this week to promptings? Check this out. God actually loves you and wants to talk to you. And he wants to nudge you. And he's not going to send a two-by-four. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. Listen, listen to his voice. Second group of how God speaks to us are people. Now, we have good friends watching online. Some people have to watch online. But let me just say something loud and clear. COVID did not change the way we do church. I just got to say this. No, no, no. No. What happened was we're able to get our online game up to speed so we can reach more people. But let me just tell you something. If you are not surrounded by friends in person, in the flesh, real people next to you, and you spend the rest of your days locked up in an apartment, you'll be hearing voices all right. It will not be the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you. I'm serious. We have an explosion of mental illness and depression and suicide because we were never meant to stay locked up in fear and hysteria in our apartments by ourselves with our goldfish, all right? So all you watching online, I am so glad. Some of you are from other countries. Some of you are from other states. Thank you for watching. But all of you in northwest Indiana, come back to us. It's okay, all right? In fact, you need us, and we need you. We need people in our lives. We hear the voice of God through people who are close to us. And can I just encourage you, you need to have intentional voices in your life. Pastor, what do you mean by that? You need to intentionally invite people close to your heart to speak into your life. I don't need everybody to tell me what I'm doing well. I kind of know what I'm doing well. I like people in my life that can help me out with the last 10%. You all know what I'm talking about. 
the place where you're struggling, the place where you need a little adjustment, the place where you need some encouragement, the place where you need some clarity. You need people close enough to you that you can trust with your heart, that can speak into your life, and that know you, and they can say, what are you doing, man? When you're thinking about quitting and, and cheating and running away from relationships, they go, dude, what is the matter with you? They shake some sense into you. No, you're not going to do that because I love you too much. We need people like that in our lives. You with me? We need people like that in our lives. I'm going to tell you three people quickly you, you got to have. You need to have a Paul in your life. Who's a Paul? Somebody who's seasoned and mature and old enough to call you honey. I mean, you know, like if I went up to somebody that's older than me and I said, hey, honey, how you doing? They'd look at me like, you're being weird. Or if you're a teenager and you go up to your, you know, grandma and call her honey, you know, no, 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 no. Grandma calls you honey. That's why I'm excited. I'm finally getting to the age where now when we, you know, we're at a, eating out at a restaurant or something like that, I can hand the waitress the bill. Here, honey, here's the bill. I always, I always wanted to do that, to be that old that you'd get away with it. Um, you need... You need people in your life that can say, honey, come here, and they can speak truth to you, men and women like that in your life. Can I get an amen on that one? All right. You need Timothys in your life. These are young sons and spiritual daughters in your life. I thank God for my sons and daughters in the faith because they can come and encourage me when I'm down. They can, they, can, they can challenge me. They can say, come on, we need you. We believe in you. I've had some of them say, Pastor, we'll follow you. You know, come on, just lead the way. We're behind you. That encourages my heart. You need people like that. And lastly, you need a Barnabas in your life. You need someone that believes in you on your worst day and that says, come on, you can do this. You need encouragers in your life. Let me tell you who you don't need in your life. Discouraging people in your life. I found this to be true. People that struggle with good relationships are usually people who are constantly focused on sucking the life out of other people. If you want to have good relationships, add to people. Speak to people. Get out of your little orbit of misery. We all have orbits of misery. Don't camp out in your orbit of misery. Get out of that place. How do you get out? You look to other people. And listen, you listen to the Holy Spirit's voice so you can bless somebody else. Then you'll find people flock around you. You need encouragers in your life. Who are the people that you need in terms of relationships? Well, number one, how many know God speaks through authority in our lives? Let me try that again. How many of you know God speaks through authorities in our life? Let me help you out. If you drive on this road out here, 80 miles an hour, the authorities will speak clearly God's will into your life, all right? Come on. It's for all of our amazing police officers out here. Come on. Authority, authority. How about this? We have apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, Ephesians chapter 4. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. How many of you know if you'll honor spiritual authority in your life, you'll get blessed? And listen, you'll hear the voice of God. Well, pastor, how do you hear, hear the voice of God? I can't tell you how many people come up to me on any given Sunday, and if they're new people or they're not used to how this works, they'll say, they'll think the church has a gossiping problem. Pastor. Did so-and-so tell you about what happened? No, I know nothing. I know nothing, all right? But here's what happened. The Holy Spirit was pushing on your button, 
Because listen, when you come under the proper authority of the house and of the way the kingdom operates, God will speak to you. This is why it's so important. Listen, on your worst day when you don't want to go to church, that's when you need to be at church because, because God has something for you. There's breakthrough for you. There's truth for you. Why? Because God has established authorities in our life. Now, this is funny. When when, uh, my father and I were here on the team together, his name, of course, was Ronald Dean Johnson, number one. I was Ronald Dean Johnson, version 2.0. My son, Ronald Dean Johnson, 3.0. And now we have 4.0. So I guess, you know, we, we try to keep it simple. But people would ask this question. So what do we call you? I said, well, people call me lots of things, you know, um, said, if you want a fight, you can call me this. If you, you know, you can call me, hey, you, you know, if you're just looking for a listening ear. You can call me Ron, if you just want a buddy. But I said, if you'd like a pastor in your life, maybe call me Pastor Ron, and then I'll function as a pastor to you. Now, how many of you know the last option is the best of all the ones that I shared? Pastor Ron is actually the best option for you. It's not about control, and it's not about ego, but it is about authority. How many of you know God has put spiritual authority in your life for your blessing? Okay, four of you on that one. I'm going to keep working. (laughs) Hebrews 13, verse 7, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. In other words, part of the way God speaks to us is when leaders preach the word of God. But look at what else. Think of all the good, good that has come from their lives. In other words, look at how they live. Follow the example of their faith. This is where theology and experience, orthodoxy and orthopraxy have to go hand in hand. In other words, what good is it to preach something that you can't live? So follow your leaders who are preaching and leading and living correctly, and you'll get blessed if you do that and listen to their counsel. Let me show you what never to do with your pastor. Never come in and set up a meeting with your pastor. Inform your pastor that you're moving to Timbuktu and you'd like him to lay hands on you and bless you as you get ready to leave. Oh, when are you leaving? Next Tuesday. Great. That's not the purpose of a pastor. You should have been having the pastors pray with you while you were considering moving to Timbuktu so that they could actually help you with that process. I've seen people, listen to me, say, Pastor, are you trying to control our lives? Absolutely not. I got enough things to try to control already. The last thing I want to do is control your life. Trust me. But listen to me on this. I've seen people, their marriage gets healed in a certain place. They were on the verge of divorce. Marriage gets healed. And all of a sudden, we're moving to wherever. And I'm like, "Um, why are you moving to whatever? Pastor, I'm getting a $1.38 an hour raise. We're out of here. Woo! Listen to me. Never move for money. And here's, what, here's why I'm warning you. It's not because, like, this is the only holy ground on planet Earth, and if you leave here, you're cursed of God. No, 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 no. But here's what I've seen. They leave the place where they got their deliverance, and they go, and in 10 years, they're not together any longer. Never, ever move for money. Always move for more of God. Always move for presence. And listen, wouldn't you think that the people that could help you with that decision would be the people who have been entrusted with caring for your souls? I get so tired of having people pray for me to bless the decisions they've already made. It's like, what do you want me to bless? Bless them, Lord. See ya. I mean, what is that? That's just some religious nonsense. Please don't ever do that to me. All right, just quietly sneak out. Just don't, don't do that to me. It's my pet peeve. All right, anyway, Lord, forgive me. I probably need healing. All right, Hebrews chapter 13. 
Verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. So here's the point. Let's just honor authority around our life, whether it's spiritual authority, authority at school, authority at the, with the police and law enforcement, authority at your workplace, authority in government. Honor authority, amen? And God speaks to us through authority. So don't, don't turn your ear off to, to the way God's kind of shouting with a megaphone sometimes. All right, God speaks to us through covenant relationships. Very quickly here. How many of you know the person who knows me best is my spouse? She's not the Holy Spirit. We always teach, don't be the Holy Spirit for your spouse, right? But she's the closest thing to him I've ever seen. And usually this is the voice of God in my life, especially when I need correction. Sounds like this. Um, honey. That means correction is forthcoming. And she says it so nice. She's not like, hey, you, stupid, get over here. She's, no, she's not like that. She, Honey, I think the way you spoke to Caroline was a bit harsh. And then I'm like, I'm mad because she's not only right, but she's sweet and right at the same time. <laughs> and then I know the Lord's saying, go to Caroline and ask her to forgive you because if I listen to my wife and then the Lord's just piling on and he says, hey, that's not how I talk. How many of you know anger is never the way of heaven? Get over here now! I'm your father. Listen to me. And I, I represent God on planet Earth in this house. And God's going, no, no, that's not how I act at all. I mean, God's spoken to me that way before. That's not it. Go humble yourself before your children and ask them to forgive you. How many of you know that's the voice of heaven because we want to ignore that voice? Blah, 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 blah. No, go ask your wife to forgive you. Ladies, go ask your husband to forgive you for the disrespecting kind of tone that you had when you talked to him. I'm always picking on the guys. I'm sorry, guys. I, I am one, so I'm going to have to get on the ladies as well on this, but it goes both. How I many of you know the Holy Spirit speaks both ways? The Bible says fools think their own way is right but the wise listen to others. How about this? Why are you in a life group? So you can get close to people in the church who can know you and love you and be there for you and support you. And listen, you can hear the voice of God through their counsel and for their love and through their encouragement. We need each other. Why are you here this morning? We need each other. We, I need you. You need me. We need each other. That's why covenant relationships are huge. Let me tell you something else. Don't get reasonable counselors. Get spiritual counselors. What am I talking about? I know Christians that have been locked up for a year at home in fear because they listen to reasonable counselors. Well, you know, God's given us a mind, and we need to use our mind. And, you know, if you wear this mask while you walk in the store, you can take it off when you sit down at the table because two feet difference really matters. And, you know, science, 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 science. Shut up! Come on. Tell it, Pastor. Come on. Woo! Yeah. 
I don't need reasonable counselors. I need godly people speaking into my life. You know, when John Patton, missionary to the New Hebrides Islands, was called of God to go to the New Hebrides Islands, he was a successful man of God in his homeland. And the people that went to the New Hebrides Islands, the minute they arrived, were killed and eaten by cannibals. How many of you would like to receive that call on your life? But John Patton knew God had called him to pick up the mantle and to take the gospel to those people who were cannibals and lost as lost could be. How many of you know that's either God or you're nuts? But what you don't need around you are reasonable Christians to talk you out of what God has asked you to do. Does God care about people that have never heard about Christ before? Okay, so that's consistent with the scriptures. Has God given us a mandate to go to the darkest places on planet Earth to preach the gospel? Yes. Okay, so he's, but, but here's what happened. The leadership of his church said, what are you doing? You'll be eaten by cannibals. And this is what he said. He looked around respectfully. There were some senior saints in the room. He said, you know what? In a short while, you will be eaten by worms. He said, this is what he said, whether I'm eaten by cannibals or eaten by worms, it doesn't make much difference. I know the inheritance that's awaiting me on the other side. And he set sail for that island. And here's the cool story. Not only was he not eaten by cannibals, but when he was done with his ministry on that island, uh, virtually every person on that island had come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now listen, we, we don't need... We don't need the voice of reason. We need the voice of the Holy Spirit. In the garden, they had the voice of reason. We're still paying for it. Quit trying to figure the Holy Spirit out. He's smarter than you. You're not even at his pay grade. He's way above you. We need to just honor what he's saying. We need to listen with our hearts. We need to obey the Lord. We need to be radical in our pursuit of God. And we need to surround ourselves not with people that want to keep you in the boat, but people that will help push you out of the boat. Trying to read the crowd this morning. Some of you are going, what is this guy talking about? The reason you're at this church is because this is a church that pushes out of the boat. That's why you people are here. You don't want to play it safe. I know who I'm preaching to. You're the crowd that says, let's go for this thing. Am I talking to the right crowd? I thought I was. I thought I was. I'm ending with this in one minute. Point number three. Well, actually, God speaks through ordinary people. Aren't you great for ordinary people? God spoke to Moses through Jethro, his father-in-law. That's pretty ordinary. And what about the good old random voices? Marion and I call these voices kisses from heaven. Those moments when we hear a song, we read a book, we see a Facebook status or tweet, we listen to a podcast, and we know that God was confirming something right at that very moment in our lives. Anybody ever have that happen? I love it when that happens. We call those kisses from heaven because it's the Lord going, you know what, I know exactly what's going on in your life. And I'm here to encourage you. Lastly, and boy, let's not be motivated and hear the voice of God primarily through pain. Can I get an amen? You all should be shouting on this one first and foremost. Yes, pastor, we are with you, all right? We shouldn't be motivated by pain, although we are. Listen to what the Bible says, Psalm 32, verse 8. 
The Lord says, I will guide you. Can I get an amen on that? I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. What a treat. I'm going to advise you. I'm going to watch over you. Three things the Lord wants to do. And look at what he says next. Don't be like a senseless mule or horse that needs a bit and bridle to keep under control. Many are the sorrows that come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Years ago, I went out to a farm, and I'm not a farm boy, all right? So I was just like in awe. And they put me on a horse to ride the horse. Never done that before. I'm looking for the stick shift or something to get the thing going. And I think the horse knew there's a rookie up there. Because everybody else took off, and my horse just stood there. I'm going, come on, boy. I was doing everything I saw John Wayne do. I tried to, nothing. This horse is just standing there. Everybody else moving. I'm on this horse, kind of embarrassed. Please, I'm begging the horse, praying, whatever I got to do. All of a sudden, the horse's owner comes walking back, walks up to the horse, and does this. Wham! Hits the horse as hard as he can upside the head. All of a sudden, the horse starts moving. And I'm like, whoa! I did not disobey the rest of the day. I mean, I was like, whatever. But how many of you know, listen, that's a picture of what some of us are like spiritually. Where's like, hey, 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 go talk to your neighbor. Hey, take that money you just got blessed with, give it to that person over there because they have a need. Go be my delivery person. We're like, what? Come again? Can't hear you. Can't hear you. We turn, we turn up the volume on the radio because we're just trying. And the Lord's like, what do I have to do? Whack. Of course the Lord doesn't whack us upside the head, but you know how we do get whacked upside the head? Listen to this. Many sorrows. Come to the wicked. We bring the pain in our lives upon ourselves many times through our disobedience, somebody else's disobedience. But aren't you grateful? It's Jesus who redeems the pain in our lives. And the best way out of pain is obedience. The best way out of getting stuck is to listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't make pain be the one that smacks you upside the head. I've known men, they work, they work, they work, they work. They don't have time for the Lord. Work, 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 And then guess what happens? They get hit with a major illness, and they're flat on their backs for two months. And while they're flat on their backs, that's when the Lord finally gets their attention and says, uh, hey, kind of missed you on Sundays, kind of missed you, uh, that men's group. You were so busy, go, 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 ignoring the proper boundaries of God that now you get to have six months on your back to kind of, uh, the Lord, get your attention. Now, I'm not blaming God for what happened to you. That's what happens when you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. But I, but I do know this, God redeems us from our places of brokenness. Aren't you grateful for that? But, but pain is a voice that is so loud you cannot ignore it. And can I just encourage some of you, if you're, if you're a newly married person in this room, I, I hear my heart and i got to be quiet. The best thing you can do is invest in your marriage. If I was a newlywed, I would be showing up at marriage class every single Sunday for a year at least. It would become part of my routine. You know why? Because I value my marriage. And because I want to learn everything that I can, check this out, to lay a good foundation so that my life is not full of pain and misery. 
If I was, if I was getting ready to have kids or I had a, I'm raising kids, I'd be in that parenting class. You know why? Because I want to enjoy my children. I don't want my family to be constant stress and strife and, and getting ripped apart because of basically disobedience. In other words, invest in your life. Here's, here's, here's the biggest thing, I, my final volley. The greatest thing you can invest in in your Christian walk is developing an ear for the Holy Spirit. Because He will save you. I've had seasons in my life where the Lord has spoken to me and said, what are you doing? What are you doing means you're dancing too close to something that will burn you. What are you doing? Thank God for His voice. Thank God that He's tender and gentle. Thank God that He cares about people. Thank God that He'll lead me and guide me on the pathway that is right for my life. He'll be my counselor. How many of you have a fresh heart to listen and to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Amen? Stand to your feet with me. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Can we just yield our hearts to the Lord right now? Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us. We ask you to speak to us. We ask you to take the word of God and explode it in our hearts, Lord, so our love and our desire for you is stronger than it's ever been. Lord, as we leave here today, I thank you. You're wanting to speak to us all the time about people all around us that are hurting and that need you. And, uh, and you're wanting us just to learn to develop that sensitive ear to that tender, gentle whisper of yours. So, Lord, we just open our hearts to you. We open our minds and our ears to you. And we ask you, Lord, even today, maybe some of you are going out to eat or going to go with some friends. You're going to go do whatever. But there's going to be people around you. And just be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to the voices of God today in your life. Lord, use us in supernatural ways. I pray we come back next Sunday with the stories to tell about your kindness and your goodness that was released through our hearing your voice. We love you. We bless you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.